0: Hi, my name is John Katsavos, and welcome to the Fitness Oracle. Before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about the secret of how to drop 10 to 15 pounds and keep it off with complete ease. I've created a free three-part video series for you that explains what the three biggest mistakes people make when they are working out and limits them to the results that they're going after. I am also going to help you Get all the details about how you can immediately sign up to the 21 day caveman challenge, which is a do it for you workout program. This has been developed by me for over 11 years of my experience as a professional personal trainer. So go ahead, put in your name and your primary email address. Click the link in the show notes below right now and we'll see you on the inside. Welcome to The Fitness Oracle where we have real conversations with real people just like you, with real stories just like yours. And this is one of their stories. I am your host, John Katsavos. My guest today is Kia Baker from the Female Veterans Podcast. She is also the creator of and host of Women's Warrior Stories for the Veterans Channel and co-host of Hot Topics Live. She is on the board of directors for Hope for Veterans a Florida-based non nonprofit that helps female veterans. She holds an MBA in finance and accounting. She is an alumni of Milton Hershey School and a U.S. Navy veteran. She is also a success coach at London Real and my personal podcasting coach. Kia, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, John. Thank you so much for inviting me.
0: So uh, do you have any big plans for Thanksgiving?
1: Yes. <laughs> I have a family tradition and I cook a feast. I cook two full meals. So I cook for two straight days and then we eat and eat <laughs> <laughs> and eat for days after that. Lots of leftovers.
0: That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> always good food. It sounds like good food and good times. Yes. So uh, how's your, uh, how's your book coming along?
1: Oh my goodness. The book has 30,000 words left. It is in its rough draft form. So it's, I free wrote that book. So it has like no punctuation, everything's a mess. So it's going to take massive editing, but the book is a slow process because it's the thing that gets um, my attention last after all the other things that I do. So it's, it's a work in progress.
0: Cool. Uh, I think we touched up on this a little bit before, before the show. Uh, So what are your thoughts on Brian going for mayor of, uh, mayor of London?
1: (laughs) Well, I think he is a formidable opponent for anyone who comes up against him is what I think. And I think it's amazing. He's really inspirational to me because I feel like he's always setting a new standard for himself he's always raising the bar and pushing himself and and challenging himself in new ways and i love that
0: no i totally agree with you that he's a formidable opponent like uh coming from what happened to him in earlier this year like and he just he did not stop with him i was it was great to see it it was inspiring actually to see that absolutely Uh, You also said that you're thinking about creating a film. What kind of film were you thinking about doing?
1: Actually, this film is um, a passion project, and it is being co-written with my little brother, who's an extraordinary writer um, and music artist, and he is helping me because I've never written a script before, to be honest with you. (laughs) But I was really inspired by um, the guests from the first season of the Female Veterans Podcast. One in particular, Christina, uh, she had a two-part episode and her story was so impactful because it continues on as a veteran and um, with the healthcare system that veterans oftentimes have to go up against. And it, quite frankly, is costing her her life. And so I was so moved. It was the first episode that I actually broke down in tears. I couldn't even hold it. And and, um, she's so amazing and loving and wonderful. She has children and and she's got a death sentence. And so I was really inspired by her cause because um, other than MST, and everything she went through, through that process. Um, Then she had to deal with the burn pits. And it's a huge cause for her, right? So where she was stationed at, they were burning garbage 24-7. And a lot of soldiers, um, military service people, um, are affected because they were breathing in these toxins, these carcinogens, 24 hours a day. and. and so they're having health issues, and the government is just now beginning to acknowledge and recognize that. But before, they were denying it. They were not acknowledging that there were any health uh, implications. So um, so essentially, she's having a lot of problems stemming from that, and it's going to be the cause of her early demise. And she is working very hard to... Um, change things because of the burn pits and there are now uh, more organizations out there and actually it's becoming something that's more of a topic and I wanted to um, honor her and do something for her so I actually dreamt it I dreamt that I created a film um, and entered it into a film festival Um, and it was based on her story so when i woke up i said this is what i'm going to do and my brother agreed to help me and so we've been working on it for a year and um and i've talked to several people in the film industry who have volunteered graciously to help me once it's done to read it to give me notes to like help me move it along so um that's what the story is with the film it's about five female veterans who were friends and join the military after 9/11, and um, what they experience individually, and um, they separate, and then what brings them back together, and it's sort of like a, you know, a flashback sort of story. Each of their stories are told um, when they all come back together. So,
0: yeah, that's amazing. That's what it is? That's that's amazing. Uh, I know. Um, I know in the US and here, especially up here in Canada, there's the, the veterans are actually not recognized as much as they should for the sacrifices that they make for us to be able to live the lives and the lives that we lead. So um, I personally have a special place in my heart for all vets and all active men and women that are serving, uh, which leads us to your female veterans' uh, issues. And I know uh, women in the military have different issues that men do. What have you found to be the biggest issue when it comes to women in the military?
1: Hmm. Well, there's um, lots of things that make us different. But I think that the biggest thing that women face is um, just that assimilation into a male environment. Um, That's uh, an environment that is um, culturally, historically sort of a boys club. And we have to assimilate into that world, but we are uniquely different. So the result of that ends up that we oftentimes have to work harder and be better, but less recognized.
0: Hmm. Do you feel that female vets are just just as much ignored as men are?
1: Yes, um, more. Because the perception of the veteran is largely male. So for example, um, this journey um, got underway for me, uh, really, like I had already decided that I wanted to do some some work on a larger scale to help female veterans. But after speaking with an outreach coordinator uh, at the um, Vet Center in Culver City in Los Angeles, I... Um, I was really moved by what she told me. We were going to pass out food for female veterans, um, my business mentor and I. And um, she said, if I really wanted to do something for female veterans, you know, it was great that I wanted to give them food, but that food would help them that one day, that one meal. Mm-hmm. But if I really wanted to make an impact, then I needed to give them a voice because what she told me was that women don't get the donations that men get. They don't get clothes and shoes and boots so that when they do their outreach work, the women have to take what's left after the men, which means boots that are too big, clothes that don't fit, if they get anything. Maybe they get a blanket if there's nothing to give them. So that was heartbreaking for me. Um, For example, Another example, I went to Kansas to work with an organization called Passageways. They have a house there for male veterans and they help rehabilitate them back to thriving in life, which is amazing. And they have quite a success story. And while we I was there, I was able to go to a city council meeting and speak. Uh, And they are creating a um a community, a veteran community called Homefront. It'll be the first of its kind. And it is going to be cottage homes for families and single veterans. Um, and it'll have a hub where they can get support. And it's gonna be a beautiful all veteran community. And it's to help re- rehabilitate them and they can eventually move out of there or they can rent, rent the places, you know, once they're working and back to thriving in life. And um, what I found when I was there, where there were no facilities for women. Hmm. So male veterans had a place they could go, but the women didn't. Granted, there are less women veterans per capita in that area. <laughs> so, um, but they're there. And that's that's in, in a lot of places, you'll see the the shelters are privately run you know if there's no homes that are created for women privately then there are none whereas males have a little bit more because they're more um recognized as having served because of the history of the military
0: well i find it a little unreal like like here in canada I've seen how some of the vets are being treated in the U S and here in Canada, they're not, they're not treated as, sorry, as badly. They are here in Canada. I, I know there are some vets that are having serious issues with our federal government, but without making this a political statement, how do you think that we can, how do you think that you can, address some of these problems to help these brave men and women that have sacrificed life and limb, uh, seeing their brothers and sisters dying on the battlefield. Like I've speak, I've spoken to quite a few vets in my life and I can't even imagine what kind of horror some people have seen in war. Like it goes like completely above me. So what do you think that, um, how, can, how do you think that we can address some of these problems?
1: I think first, we have to have the conversation. It has to get out there, right? And then we need the people who are in charge to make the good choices, to make decisions that best help the veteran community. It has to start at the top and work its way down, because the public awareness is what has to change.
0: Fair enough. Uh, Switching gears a little bit, (laughs) Um, you've spoke about mindset. What do you mean by that word mindset?
1: Well, it's the way we think, right? It's the way we, um, what choices we make, based on what we are, what we believe and what we know.
0: So how do you think that you can fix, quote unquote, someone's mindset?
1: Compassion and education. And I don't know that you can fix it because they have to also be open and be willing. So if someone has a limited mindset or closed mindset, um, they have to be willing to at least hear you. And if they're unwilling, then there's nothing you can do, Mm -hmm. but be an example. And hopefully they witness that and it affects them, but that's not even guaranteed. You can't change anyone's mind that doesn't want it to be changed.
0: True enough. Very true. So do you have specific tools, uh, that have helped you, change from a negative place to where you are right now?
1: Absolutely. The first thing that I was gifted um, at a very difficult point in my life was this book called uh, The Science of the Mind by Ernest Holmes. And it talked a lot about, it's a philosophy, and it was written, I think, in the late 1800s. Um, maybe the early 1900s and um, it talks about the law of attraction and um, universal laws and how to use them and it was very difficult to read because it's an old language right um and it was a foreign concept to me at the time I was quite young and um And that was an eye-opening thing. So I thought, oh, I've never heard of this. This is incredible. It's a completely different school of thought than I have ever been aware of. And then I put some of the things in practice and it worked for me. So that was the first thing. And then I um, saw a movie called What the Bleep Down the Rabbit Hole. And it had Joe Dispenza and a lot of great thought leaders in it and i really loved it i loved the movie and from there i began to practice um changing negative thoughts so it was it took a lot of work it actually started with the book and i realized that i thought i was a really positive person (laughs) and that i had a lot of negative programming And so I began to really systematically change the way I looked at things and change, replace negative thoughts with positive ones. And that's not to say that I went around happy all the time, even when bad things happened, right? If I was sad, I was sad. I just didn't get stuck in it. I didn't, you know, let um, a negative dialogue run through my mind on repeat right? So it would get me out of those moments a lot faster. And I began to look at things in a way that attracted to me better experiences in a happier, happier life.
0: Did you find, uh, did you find a sense of freedom after you uh, replaced that negative thought or emotion with a positive one?
1: Absolutely because you feel better and the mind is a very powerful powerful thing right and we're learning that scientifically now it's being proven more and more how powerful it is and the power of thinking you know we can get into like epigenetics and all of these things but it is the mind is such a powerful thing and so you know it's like if you if you can believe you can you can right And so just understanding that and just having the belief and putting the energy, you know, belief and action coupled together, I would say, make the the huge difference. Um, but yeah, I would, I would, it's, it was, it's life changing.
0: Did you find it difficult to let go of some negative belief that you had from before?
1: Yes. Absolutely. because So um, my learning process evolved over the years. I learned there's a lot of components to it. It's not as um, often as simple as just going, okay, I'm going to be happy. There's a lot of factors in there. So for example, when you're young, you have inner child wounds, right? And it could be as simple as a childhood friend moving away that was like your constant playmate and then they suddenly have to move and you're devastated, right? And, but you're young, like five or six. It's an inner child wound, right? And it doesn't necessarily have to come from your parents. It could come from bullying or whatever. And, but oftentimes it does come from your parents and it affects how you attach in different relationships, how you form friendships and all of these things. And there are also, People who have said things to you when you were young. And we're in this state of state when we're quite young. So we're programmable. We're learning how to, you know, make our bed and get dressed and all of, we were getting all this input, right? <laughs> and along with that input that teaches us what we need to do every day, you know, for our society within our family or school, we're getting feedback. And that feedback isn't always positive feedback. It could be something just simply the way your parents said something to you, what they didn't mean to be hurtful or harmful, but it did. And so now that thought is stuck in your head. And now as an adult, that thought replays in your head every time you have a certain situation or you want to do something. And maybe your, your parents said something like, oh, you messed that up. Don't mess things up and somehow that related into your head that you always mess things up so you don't ever want to try anything because you think you're going to mess it up well that's not even your voice that's someone else's voice spinning a narrative in your head right so it takes a lot to quiet those voices that are not even your own and actually to become aware of them because many of us they're in our subconscious so we're not even aware of that is not even our own voice That isn't even our own thoughts, that someone else's thoughts that's being, that was put in us. The seed was planted and now it's on repeat in our subconscious. And if you're not aware, your subconscious can be very negative if it got a lot of negative things put into it over the course of you growing up. And so if you're unaware, then your subconscious mind will run your life and it'll give you a negative experience. So... Yeah, it's not easy. It takes a lot of time. I'm still a work in progress. But I'm on the path. And I am able to help other people now. So that's good.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I know. I know the feeling. I keep having like negative stuff. Every time I think about doing something new, it's like, no, you're gonna fail at it. Well, it's like, you know what, just, just do it.
1: Just do it. Afraid. That was my big lesson, by the way, so I can totally relate. Um, Just feel the fear and do it anyway. And I will tell you, once I made the deter, I made that choice only three years ago. And once I made that choice, every time I'm super afraid to do something, I do it anyway and something amazing happens.
0: What happened three years ago?
1: Three years ago is when I realized my marriage was going to end. And I had been a stay-at-home mom, raising my children, taking care of the home, um, and trying to decide what I wanted to do for my encore career, because I left a career in corporate America to be a mom. And um, so I wasn't sure. I thought I was really happy. And then one day, something terrible happened, and it ended my marriage suddenly. Hmm. And I had to make a change, and so for five days I laid in my bed, going, well, "What am I gonna do? I'm a stay home mom. I don't have a job. How am I gonna take care of my kids? What am I gonna do?" And I recognized that I was at the bottom of the ditch. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing about being at rock bottom is that the only way is up. <laughs> right? And I thought, okay, I'm um, three days in. This is in my London Real Graduate interview as well. Um, three days in, I said, okay, I need help. I can't stay depressed. I can't, like, I'm not going to do make any changes if I just stay in the stitch, right? And so I put on YouTube and I just typed in motivation. And um, impact theory came up, Tom Bilyeu. And I just clicked on the first one. I didn't even care. I just was like, that looks interesting, I'm putting it on. <laughs> and it was Jordan Harbinger, and I had never listened to podcasts at all <laughs> before this, and I thought, wow, he's really smart. He's interesting, and he was talking about how his former podcast, The Art of Charm, had to be dissolved, and the partnership broke up, and it was had been like, I think, 10 years, and I thought, wow, that's a lot like a marriage. I had been married for 13 years, and i was like wow well if he can pick up the pieces and start over so can i that was the first thing and then the one after that was joe Dispenza, and i was like wow joe Dispenza, i love him let's see what he's talking about and he was talking about shifting paradigms and i was like i'm gonna do that i don't fully understand what it is but i'm gonna research it until i know and then i'm gonna do it so that was the next thing and as i was finishing that episode I saw Joe Dispenza again, and I thought, oh, wow, he's on another show. Well, let's see what he's talking about over there. Who's this guy in a suit and tie? He looks very fancy. I'm London Real, what's that? I'm going to watch that next. (laughs) And then I watched Dr. Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and Montag Chia, and I just started watching London Real Um, and just loved Brian immediately
0: awesome.
1: So, and it was it was sort of like all of these things went together, but they pulled me out of that place and I'm um, making those decisions that yes, I can shift my paradigm, made me do it and I have
0: We're actually going to get into London real in a little bit, but I want to touch up on the shifting paradigm. What exactly is that?
1: So, without i'm a a big science nerd (laughs) i'm gonna say that preface that (laughs) i love physics and i love um space those are my two favorite things Um, but when (laughs) right (laughs) But, but when you start getting into quantum physics i really love that so i guess um to try to make it as simple as possible I will say that, um, we all live in a reality, right? We have our own reality and they don't necessarily connect. So for example, today you had your morning routine and you were with your family and you were doing your thing, you were living in your reality. And I was living in mine completely separate from each other. And now we're together. Virtually, but we're together and our realities have connected, right? So we're having um, a combined experience. We're experiencing each other. So, in order to shift your paradigm, it's like shifting your reality. For example, I was a stay-at-home mom, I had two kids, and I didn't work and I took care of the home, right? Okay, when I decided to shift my reality, I made decisions and followed those decisions up that would with action that would change my reality. So now, you know, I have my podcast, my live stream show, um, my video series, I work with the network, I, you know, I'm on the board of directors for a not for profit, I have creative passion projects like my book and the film like i i had lived a completely different life i'm still a mom but i'm a single mom so my reality is completely different than it was three years ago right and that's what i mean by shifting your paradigm i had a paradigm change and and an elevation because i put in the work and i leaned into the fear i was terrified to do any of that
0: Mm -hmm. You actually touched up on something that I I actually find uh, quite fascinating, and uh, I I spoke about this on another podcast. Um, You have your own world, I have my own world, but right now our two worlds are connected. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you think that this can be done at a subconscious level?
1: Yes. Well, it, it is. I mean, you could you could think about me. Probably thought about me today. Was coming on your show. I thought about you today. So we connected mentally, right? Our energies connected before we connected virtually.
0: That is so true. Because I've tried that before. It works like a charm. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, energy is a powerful thing, right? I think, in my opinion, you know, um, time and energy are the most valuable things we have. If you can understand how to work with energy, you're pretty much unstoppable.
0: So true. So true. Um so you, uh, you're watching the videos and you saw London Real. So, and you saw Brian, my experience with the way I started up with London Real is a little bit differently, but let's talk about how, uh, what made you to pull the trigger to get started with London Real?
1: So I told you a little bit earlier about my other business mentor and how she um, and I went and spoke to the Vet Center coordinator. Well, that was the catalyst. But what we were doing together in the first place was I was doing a one-week mentorship with her. We're, we're friends now, and it, and um, she's amazing. Um, she uh, runs an organization called ARIS, and um, she does amazing things with that and helping women, right? And so I went to, before that, she was one of the top um, real estate agents in St. Louis, Missouri. And her mentor is um, pretty famous. You might know her from Shark Tank. (laughs) So um, anyway, I went to mentor with her for a week and I thought, you know what, as we were talking about things, so she was mentoring me on how to best um, start speaking about female veterans issues. And my end goal is to create a foundation for homeless female veterans so we were meeting about that and that's how we ended up going to the vet center and i made my decision then to start speaking doing public speaking events about female veterans issues but no one knows me or they didn't know me at the time so i thought i need to improve my speaking skills if i'm going to do speeches right? And I need to um, get myself out there. And I happened to be on YouTube, and a commercial for uh, Speak to Inspire came on, it was Brian. And I watched London Reel and I really vibed with him. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take that speaking course. And, um, and I did it. And I remember the first time I talked to Brian, there was a little phone call before the started there was me and probably four other people and he talked to each of us briefly and he gave me some really valuable feedback um, during that call that changed my life and I knew it was the right call in that moment and um I took the course I met Christina she was my coach and she's still my coach and I Loved every moment of it. It challenged me. It pushed me out of my comfort zone because we had to record live videos every week, multiple ones. And um, so it got me comfortable on camera. It got me comfortable speaking to the camera. And I wrote a speech. And at the end of the course, um, my speech won for my team. And it was really hard (laughs) because I struggled a lot. Um, But at the end of the course, then I thought, well, now that I have a speech and I can deliver a speech well, because I hadn't done it since college, and I I said, I need a platform so that people will want to invite me to speak or when I want to go speak, they will know who I am. You know, know, they'll know what I'm about and my passion for female veterans issues. They'll, they'll feel that. And, um, and as luck would have it, I was watching YouTube again and another commercial came on and it was for broadcast yourself just about to start. And I hadn't even finished speak to inspire yet, but I went back and I said, you know what? I'm doing it. Sign me up. Make sure Christine is my coach and I'm in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know firsthand what it means, what, what, what you mean by, um, Brian has a way of pushing people outside their comfort zone. Um, over the eight weeks that I did it, like I was so nervous doing stuff that he asked like through the Business Accelerator and the Broadcast Yourself. But, you know, the results speak for itself. I mean...
1: Look, you can say anything you want about Brian, but when you go through one of those courses... I'm talking about the business accelerator, Speak to Inspire, or broadcast yourself, even Life Accelerator. Those courses like that, they're transformational.
0: They are. They really are. And
1: the people you meet are incredible.
0: And you make lifelong connections. I have to say that because I did another program with some with another with another course uh, separate from London Real right after, and I have to say. I have made zero connections with them. I'm not going to name it, but with London Real, I am still in contact with almost every single person with the broadcaster self and the the business accelerator. So, I mean, lifelong connections yeah, as friends, as colleagues. Uh, like, like, like you said, Kia, you can say whatever you want about uh, Brian Rose and London Real, but what you get out of it is just so much so much more than you can bargain for. Um, so as a coach of London real as a success coach at London real, how does it feel to be a part of helping so many people transform themselves into something they never would have thought of?
1: It's a gift. It's a really, um, precious gift and it's an honor and it's a privilege to come into contact with so many amazing, extraordinary people who are who are allowing me to help them birth a dream, to create something that sometimes people didn't haven't pulled the trigger in eight years or more. They've been thinking about this podcast for 10 years and they just never did it. And I get to be the one who helps them bring that baby into the world. I'm kind of like a midwife.
0: Twenty years. I love it. <laughs> Twenty years. <laughs>
1: My goodness, and it's just it it for me. It's like I didn't even think of having a podcast until the end of Speak to Inspire. So I had never been planning it, but um, I didn't know how long they should be. I didn't think people even listened to them. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. But new media is is essential these days. It's, it's really necessary. So it's amazing. And, and even with the business accelerator, I mean, it's someone's business. They're starting out on their entrepreneurial journey. That is an amazing honor to be able to help them develop their concept. And I love to do it. And I didn't, I wasn't originally a business accelerator coach. I was um, brought in for Broadcast Yourself. And then after that went really well, um, Brian asked me to coach on all the rest of the courses. And so, um, I was honored to do it, but I was terrified <laughs> to, to coach on the business accelerator. So I, I had to take the course and I took the course and I created something and I don't have time to put it out there, but I created a coaching program called the Rose Method. And, um, and, I'm so busy coaching with London Real that I don't get to do private coaching, but it was an amazing experience to create. And I then understood really well what everyone would be going through creating this in eight weeks, it's like boot camp. So as a, as a veteran, I understood that the pressure of having to create something of this magnitude in eight weeks. So, you know, there's a lot of components and factors in there that make me a good fit for coaching and for this organization. And I love it. And it's an honor.
0: Cool. I'm glad you're here. (laughs) I'm glad glad you're there and you're (laughs) one of my coaches.
1: (laughs) Yes, I loved having you on my team. You were a gift. You were actually a (laughs) wonderful gift to have on my team. I wish I could have you on all my teams forever going (laughs) forward.
0: (laughs) Uh, In Sistema, we have a saying, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Uh, So where do you see yourself with London Real in the future?
1: Well, that all depends on the mayoral election, but I definitely know that there's room for growth there. And I am one of the more senior coaches at London Real at this time, and I'm fully dedicated so um i could see myself helping christina run it in the future
0: very cool very mm-hmm. cool uh let's talk about your podcasts uh female Vod- female veterans podcast yeah i listened to a couple of them and some of the stories are actually really 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 hit deep um i know the one story uh there's this one, the one lady, she was, sorry, I I listened to it a couple of weeks ago and it it really stood out, but I I don't remember the lady's name. What do you, what do you see as a common thing among female veterans? I think I asked you before, I asked you this question before, um, after coming like, right. Sorry, during, uh, During boot camp, what do you think some of the biggest issues that they have during boot camp? Because there's some horror stories that that are coming out.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, there's a lot. So the Female Veterans podcast, for people who don't know, I tell the true stories of female veterans, both good and bad, as far back throughout history as I can get them, if, If who will come on the show. Um, so that we can get a clear perspective of what women have experienced over time. You know, so I think the, um, I've gone back to the 70s now to kind of when the, the Army Corps and all of the corps for women actually became service people and they actually became members of the Army because they were separate for a long time. Um, but the stories all have a common thread. And that is um, sisterhood, but also misogyny. (laughs) So um, as you could probably, I'd laugh because you could probably expect that, right? Um, And some women have good experiences. Some women have horrible experiences. Um, Military sexual trauma is a common occurrence. Unfortunately, way more common than you would want to see. You know and the treatment of women who are you know mothers and things of that nature i mean i remember hearing something this there's lots of sayings in the military and and it's also different per different um force like whether it's the air force or the army or the marines or whatever and i remember they used to say a baby doesn't come in your sea bag (laughs) and so that's kind of like something that was you don't even think about it but when you really stop to think about what that means, like you're already seeing that it's frowned upon to be a mom, right? There was a time in the military where you had to give up guardianship of your children if you were a woman who wanted to serve, right? So serving your country meant a choice between being a mom and being around your child, Mm -hmm. you know? So, I mean, there's a lot of factors that made it difficult um, for women. But I think in boot camp, I, it's always the sisterhood and the culture shock that's the common thing because we all have culture shock when we go to boot camp. you know they're breaking you down to build you back up. But the sisterhood is the common thread meeting people from all over the country. and right. and for the first time, some of some of these girls come from really small towns or even girls that come from a big city, but they are in this um, this one, racial community for example or cultural community even though they're from the big city so then they go to boot camp and it's a melting pot it's a real legitimate melting pot of people from all over the country and you get to really connect with them and learn and it and then you're also being bonded (laughs) it's almost like a trauma bond because you're going through this really intense it's kind of like i don't know like london real 8 weeks through this really intense accelerator same kind of thing except there's a lot more yelling and physical activity <laughs> but, but um but yeah it's really strict and so you bond in a really unique way and it's actually really painful when you leave you're actually sad to leave boot camp at the end because you're leaving your friends you may never see them again and I haven't seen any of the girls I went to boot camp with ever again. And I loved them. I still love them to this day.
0: Do you think um, any men or women considering joining the armed forces, do you think it's it's a good thing for them to do?
1: Absolutely. Oh, I'm super patriotic. But I will tell you, when I went into the military, I was more of a new age hippie. And everyone was like, what are you doing going into the military? Because <laughs> I went, I joined in high school. So I was 17 when I joined the military. I went in at a delayed enlistment. And, um, and everyone was like, what do you mean you're not going to take the SATs and go to college? What do you mean you're going to take the ASVAB and go into the military? That what you, of all people, is such a shock. <laughs> and um, it was a shock for me too when I got there and I realized, oh, no, it's this is not for they were right, <laughs> this is not for me. So, the entire time, and I say this often the entire time from the day I walked through the gates at boot camp and I saw everybody marching around in their smurf sweatsuits <laughs> and for the navy, I knew that I was going to get out at the end of my service, it wasn't a career for me. And I struggled. I struggled. I had a really good experience until the day I didn't, which is why I know some people have horrible experiences, which is why I share those stories as well. So, good or bad on the Female Veterans Podcast, you hear those stories. And um, I just knew that it wasn't going to be a career. But It was a good experience until the day it wasn't. And after that, it was like warp speed. Let me just make it out of the military. (laughs) And then um, after that, for years, because most of us, I will tell you, have a difficult transition out. It's really hard to transition out of the military and become a civilian. right? And um, people just think differently. They behave differently. There's not the same camaraderie. The language is even different. We have certain terms that you would never understand as a civilian. there's just a way of being because once you're a girl and then you do assimilate into that culture, you're a lot rougher around the edges, I will say. You're a tougher sort of chick. You know how to suck it up and just get the job done. And um, you're an effective leader. So there's a lot of perks that come with it. but There's a lot of drawbacks as well in the transaction out because it's difficult. So when I got out for a few years, it was, it was before 9-11 and that was during the time period where no one said thank you for your service or honored you for being a veteran. In fact, I remember having to remove it off of my resume in order to get a job. So, um, and yes, and so it, it, it's um, interesting. It's been an interesting ride. Now, after 9-11 happened, um, that all changed. But for me, um, it took me time and maturity to really appreciate my service, and to and and to value it properly, so I'm you know I'm very honored to have had the opportunity to serve my country. Not everybody does it. It's a very unique experience, and it's one that really shaped me into who I am. And um, I so I would say if you are considering going into the military to do the research it's not for everybody right and but be aware that there are things that happen that aren't what you might expect which is why i created my podcast so that people can be aware of the good and bad things but make an educated choice to go in at least knowing
0: yeah um, well, me being Greek, uh, part of being Greek is once uh, Greek men, uh, once you hit 18, you have to go and serve, but, uh, nobody offered to take me or escort me. So I didn't go, which I regret. I regret because I feel like I, I, I missed out on some important lessons in life. So as if I could do anything that's the one thing that I would go do, just spend six months in the Greek military.
1: Well, I, I think it, I think military service definitely has its benefits. And in fact, now that I'm you know much older, I feel like veterans don't get the credit that they deserve in the civilian sector. Like for our training, and things of that nature. Even, um, I actually was part of a blog for Veterans Day for um, an an organization, a corporation here in the Portland area. And um, we talked about hiring and what human resources departments can do um, when it comes to veterans, because a lot of people um, think of it more like affirmative action sometimes. And that that can have sort of a negative connotation where, oh, I have to hire a veteran or I have to have, you know, and so maybe they aren't necessarily hiring the best veteran for the job. And then they get like sort of a sour feeling about having a veteran on staff or they have a preconceived notion that they have PTSD or the woman is going to be angry (laughs) Um, or, you know, they're damaged, right? They're damaged goods now that they've been in the military because we're fighting all these endless wars over here. So, um, but there are such unique skills that come from our training. Like, it doesn't matter what your rank are. You could be the lowest ranking person in the military. And if you served for like any duration, I mean, six months to a year, you have leadership experience, you're mission focused, you're organized, you pay attention to details other people will miss. You know, I mean, there's so many skills that are unrecognized. For example, I was, had the same skill set as a pharmacist. That's what I did in the Navy. And first I was uh, trained to be a physician assistant, but in the military, I saw patients just like a doctor, but I didn't like it. So I <laughs> moved to, to, the, to the pharmacy And I loved pharmacology, I still do. Actually, it came natural for me. And I loved that job, but when I was leaving the military, the um, corporate world does not honor it the same. So I had been doing the work of a pharmacist for three years, almost four, and I would have had to come out and gone to university and got a certificate, a degree, in order to do the job I had been doing for the last four years, which is pretty much the same as college, right? Four years. Yeah. So if, if the way the world worked was different in a perfect world, in my opinion, I should have been able to come out and become a pharmacist just by virtue of the fact that I've been doing it. I was skilled. You could test me. I should have been able to take a national certification and go. But that's not the way the world works. So I see where veterans can be undervalued.
0: Yeah, I can. De- I definitely see it too. Like, uh, but not all veterans. Uh, like, like you said, like the leadership skills. I mean, you look at just, just to name a few, like Jocko Willnick, uh mm-hmm. Dan Pena. Like, these all these guys, they came out of the military and they're like super, super successful. Why? Because they're focused. They know how to focus on a task. Me, I'm like a squirrel. Oh, <laughs> look at that! Oh, look at that! <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs>
1: No, so, but I, I understand what you're saying. It it is we are mission focused. We have to go in and work as a team. We work well in teams. <laughs> right. Yeah. We have to go in and work as a team and get the job done. Right. We we can we ask questions, we make decisive, um, we take decisive action. Right. So and, and we can work under pressure. That's part of the job. That's actually how PTSD can be created because you are forced to function normally in an environment where it's high anxiety. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, if you are on the front lines, if you're in an area that's constantly being shelled and you never know when incoming is coming in, right? But you still got to do your job.
0: Yep. Yeah.
1: So that's how that happens.
0: Uh, What about women warrior stories on the Veterans Channel? Yes. Let's talk about that.
1: (laughs) Yes. Well, um, that has been come a long time coming. We started um, talking about it back in April, and I filmed the first pilot episode, I think, in July. Then we had to negotiate. (laughs) Then once that was all done. and everything was, you know how I sort of wanted it, we could agree. Um, then the pilot went into um, into production, and so right now everything's being created originally. So it has original music. Um, it has it's getting original logo. Um, really cool. It's it's been really cool to be a part of the process as it's been coming to life. And finally, the first episode is in post-production, and which is interesting. So I, this is where I come in again, because I actually will have a producer credit on this show, which is awesome. And I will be able to um, work with the post-production crew and make sure the finished product is something that I am happy with. And want to put out into the world. So that is really exciting for me. And Women Warrior Stories is slightly different than the Female Veterans Podcast. It is women who are doing major things in the world, who are doing big things, but who have um, served during wartime, whether in a support role or in active combat. And we're gonna talk about um, how that affected them, how they coped with that, and how they were able to then overcome that to um, get where they are in life with the hope of inspiring some of our veteran sisters who were struggling to help them get to the next level in their lives as well.
0: Cool. Any uh, idea when it's gonna, when the first one's gonna be released?
1: Oh. No, (laughs) to be honest with you, (laughs) I don't know. Um, The network itself is growing at a rapid pace. So there's so many changes going on at the moment, um, but it has to be right, right? So we're going through the first round of post-production now, and that takes time, I'm told. It's my first time. (laughs) And so um, I'm I'm trying to be really patient, but I'm excited to get it out. It's. I'm hoping it will be before um, April of next year. <laughs> I'm really hoping that we'll get it out within the next couple of months, and we'll be able to see the first. I have seven episodes in the can, and so and we're still working on the pilot. So I've paused recording for now, and then once we get once we see how that first one's going to shape up, and make tweaks on it, make sure it's right. Then we're going to go full speed ahead. And I think I will be doing an episode a week.
0: Wow, that's great. I can't wait for it to come out.
1: Yeah, it's my first video series. And so it's well, Hot Topics is live. So I'm actually on video for Hot Topics. Um, But this is a little bit different because, you know, this is going through the process of, you know, I'm filming it, but it's an interview show and it's going through post production. So they're adding in bells and whistles and it's very, um, it's (laughs) pre-recorded. I guess that's the big difference. So um, we'll see how it turns out. I think it'll be great though. And I have a lot of faith in the Veterans Channel. They do great work and um, they're managing covid very well with the way they're doing their shows now and so um i think this will be a great addition and it's the first female veteran anything they have on their show on their, that's awesome. on their network
0: that's yeah. awesome so let's talk about hot topics Hot topics live it. on facebook
1: <laughs> yes and youtube now we're we're multicasting nice these days.
0: <laughs> love it love we're it
1: new to youtube So Hot Topics came to be um, a year ago, actually, we've had, um, the 24th is our official anniversary, but Hot Topics was actually born on Veterans Day last year. And that came about when one of my students, my first ever student, um, she asked me to go live with her on Instagram so she could interview me about being a veteran for Veterans Day. And I said, okay, sure. And we jumped on a live and we had so much fun and it was such good energy between us that we were like, we got off of there and we were like, that was so fun. We should do that. We should, what if we interviewed other people, but together? And that's how Hot Topics was born.
0: Very nice. And that Mm -hmm. happens every week?
1: So yes, Hot Topics happens um, two episodes a week. As of now, um, we are live on Facebook and YouTube on Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 p.m. Pacific, and on Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time and 6 p.m. Pacific. And um, we interview people. It's a global show, I say that all the time. So we interview people from around the world and we air around the world, right? So um, Wednesdays, we typically interview our guests from Europe in Australia and places like that. And Thursdays we do our stateside or North American or Western continent (laughs) guests. So yeah, that's how it works. And it's a lot of fun. We have, we called it Hot Topics because we wanted to talk about everything. And I am so lucky and privileged to have access to so many wonderful people who are doing such amazing things in the world. So I bring them on. Um, Many of them are from London Real, not always, but we love it and we do really, really well. We get a lot of views, especially in Europe, we do great, and India, we do fantastic there. And, um, And it's a lot of fun. We just are ourselves and then we share value because, you know, London Real is all about creating great content. And Brian is always saying that you have to add value to the global community, and that is what Hot Topics is all about. We aim to create, to inspire, and transform lives.
0: That's awesome. I know I've yeah. been on it. I've been on it once, and yeah. I had such a fun time.
1: We're gonna have <laughs> you back again. We will have you back to talk about the Caveman Challenge.
0: Oh yeah, just uh, just ask. I'm uh, I'm always good to go. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> So um, we're coming close to the end of the show. And I always ask these six or seven questions to all my guests just to get their uh, feedback on their perspective on things that are going on. So uh, with the increase in people suffering from depression, from the lockdown, what's the one, what would be the one thing that you could tell them to keep their hopes up?
1: That's uh an easy one for me because I've been saying it since the lockdown began. <laughs> if you can't go outside, go inside. Go within. Find the things that you loved as a child and do them. Find the things that those passions that you had before that you set aside because you were so busy working and doing and try just being. Be with your art. Be, create something. You know what, Brian said this great thing when the lockdown happened actually, and it really inspired me, so I'm gonna share it. Um, He said, what are you gonna do with this time? It's gonna pass anyway. Are you gonna sit there and be miserable? Or are you gonna make this time work for you somehow? What are you gonna do? So it really touched me. I was like, wow, I was, I was sort of freaking out, <laughs> to be honest with you. And, um, and I said, you know what, let me get focused and I'm going to create. And then lo and behold, Women Warrior Stories came up. I started creating that. But not only that, I started to increase meditation. Meditation has been really a beautiful thing for me. So go inside. Um, work on my inside. I began to work on unresolved childhood traumas during this time period. Um, And I started to learn things. I love to learn, right? That's something I loved as a child. So I picked up learning something, a passion I set aside. I've been learning how to sing. So, and I'm creating. So what's happening right now is I'm working with a vocal coach. And at the end of this process, at the end of this pandemic, when this is all over, I will have six songs of a repertoire that I'm going to release on SoundCloud or YouTube or somewhere. I'm going to record and sing some songs, right? And that's keeping my mind active and not stuck because that's when we get stuck. We get stuck in fear. We get stuck in worry and anxiety. And so that's what I would say. I would say go inside and see what would make you feel better You know, what can you create? I have friends that are painting. I have friends that are dancing, whatever it takes for you. That's what you've got to do because the time is going to pass. This is not going to last forever. So what are you going to do with this time? Make it work for you.
0: That's really deep. That's really deep. Thank you for that. Um, So where do you see the female veterans podcast in the next five years?
1: Still going strong. Um, in the next five years, the Female Veterans Podcast um, will have helped me create a community of amazing women. Um, and those women will be, um, their stories will create a ripple effect that will help so many more women. So I will still be doing the Female Veterans Podcast and sharing these stories of women from all time that will are willing to share them. And hopefully, um, young women who are um, considering going into the military will listen. And that way, they can make an educated choice as to what branch, as to you know how they want to conduct themselves, what their expectations are. Because I know I didn't know anything about what to expect when I went into the military. So still doing that and still creating my foundation. Hopefully, it'll be up and running in five years.
0: Uh, How about you personally? Where do you see yourself in five years?
1: Um, Creating. Creating in one way or another.
0: Awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you could pick up the phone right now and call yourself at 20 years old, what would you tell yourself?
1: Girl, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to work out for you if you just don't be afraid, believe in yourself and keep moving forward. Everything is going to be fine. Nothing is as serious as you think it is. Just enjoy yourself.
0: Would, looking back, would you change anything?
1: Not one thing.
0: I love that. I, I love those answers. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we're refined by everything we went through. You can't be a diamond if you don't have any drama, trauma and pressure.
0: That's right. Uh, what keeps you up at night?
1: Worrying about my kids fair enough. Uh, (laughs) I'm a mom.
0: You're a mom. (laughs) Um, Where can people find more about you?
1: I am literally everywhere, (laughs) really. I am on Instagram. Um, I am at the Female Veterans Podcast on Instagram, if you want to follow along there. I am on Twitter at them that podcast. You can follow me there if you like. Um, where I am most active is probably my personal page. It's called at Kiativity. It's like Kia, like the car and positivity fused together because I put out um, a lot of positive messages there. And so that's, I'm really active there. And I um, try to give tips for success and strategies and positivity and share a lot of love on my personal page and you can also follow along at um at hot topics the podcast because hot topics has a podcast form as well and that's on instagram also and we are actually going to start going live once a week on instagram to discuss um this book we're reading about verbal abuse so <laughs> we're, we're adding we're always adding in um you can find me on facebook um You can find me there at Hot Topics, the podcast's Facebook page, where you can watch all of our previous episodes. We have almost 90. So um, we have a lot of episodes and um, growing. Um, And we're creating a website right now. It's not quite done yet. And we are going to have a spinoff and the new year called Hot Topics Live Uncensored, and you'll find that on Patreon, where we'll be deep diving into real topics. And we're quite, I'm a, I'm a sailor, so um, I'm pretty raw uh, when I'm not minding my behavior. Um, and Gloria is well, if you know her, you know she's off the wall. So we need to be able to be free to be ourselves. <laughs> in our maximum capacity. And as you well know, there's quite a lot of censorship happening these days. So um, that's the point of that. And we're also going to be creating a chat community on Discord. And we're gonna focus that on some topics um, in the upcoming weeks for our followers and fans and where we can mingle with them more directly. And um, so that's, that's everywhere, I think. And anywhere you listen to podcasts, of course.
0: I've known you since July. I can't see you like that. I just, it, it just, it just doesn't come off like that for me, for you. Like, like seeing you raw and like getting down and just, yeah, let's, I, I can't see it. I, I have to tune in. I have to tune in because I can't see it.
1: Well, I can come across well-mannered which is, you know, I've had a lot of (laughs) etiquette training and I am a private school girl, obviously Milton Hershey School and Hershey PA, they raised me well, very good manners. So um, in my professional life, I am, you know, very, um, I guess, polite and courteous, but I am a sailor. I tend to have a sailor's mouth, if you know me, and I'm very direct and I will talk about anything and everything. And I don't really, I, I guess Gloria does holds back even less than I do. So, um, so that's going to be interesting because we're going to deep dive into topics. Like, for example, we um, have great friends that are into Tantra, and we can't really talk about it the way we would want to talk about it on Facebook and YouTube. So we're going to deep dive into that. We're going to deep dive into all sorts of topics on Hot Topics Live Uncensored. So that's our spinoff. But as you can see, I love to create and I would just keep creating shows for myself, but I can't do that. So London Real gives me the ability to help other people create their shows so I can get my fix, (laughs) but not have 10 million (laughs) shows that I'm trying to run myself, right? (laughs)
0: <laughs> gotcha. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts?
1: Well, I just want to send love to everybody. And I just want to say that I know that we are experiencing sort of a collective trauma with this whole COVID thing, but um, it can't last forever and just keep yourselves safe and understand that you are loved Um, at least by me even if you don't know me and um, and share the love and um, just do the best that you can because that's all we're doing and of course um check out my shows and um and I hope you enjoy them
0: yeah and for everybody listening uh I will be posting all of Kia's links in the show notes so you guys have easy access to be listening to some amazing stories uh especially with a female veterans podcast like some of these stories will like Rock you to your core, like it's just unbelievable. Some of them, and some of them are like really inspirational. So, uh, Kia, thank you so much for everything that you do. I really appreciate everything that you have done for me personally, and um, and everything that you do for all the other veterans out there and uh, female veterans, male and female. So, thank you so much for all your hard work. Uh, it is very appreciated.
1: Oh, my God. Thank you so much for having me on your show. You are such a gift to everyone who comes into your energy. And it has been such a pleasure to spend this time with you. And I'm telling you, I can't wait to come visit you in Greece. So get ready.
0: (laughs) I'm actually buying a house there this summer. (laughs) (laughs) Can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, going through hard times is just a test. What you need to know is that when you get out of whatever you're going through, you will be stronger than ever before, and you don't need to go through it alone. Always know that you are not alone. Stay tuned for more real people with amazing stories that are just like yours. Until then, to everyone out there listening, I wish you a good morning, good afternoon, or good night, wherever you may be in this crazy world. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this with your friends and family members. If you know of someone who is suffering from depression, please share this with them as well, as it may help them realize that there is help out there and that they are not alone. Also, please be so kind and give us a five star rating on wherever you may be listening and some comments as your feedback is highly appreciated. Thank you again for supporting our mission to speak out And find solutions about men's mental health issues and stay tuned for more amazing stories from real people that are just like you.